This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their tap room in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yo, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. Welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We are broadcasting from the Beer Guys Radio Studios in Marietta, Georgia. And this week, we're going to be talking Super Bowl beers, Brian. We're going to taste a few beers, talk about some hot news stories. That's right. I'm Tim Dennis. With me, as always, my good friend and co-host, Brian Hewitt. Hey, Tim. So, yes, that is correct. We have a lot of uh, interesting things to get into this week. Stories about remastered beers, who drinks the most beers, big big game beer talk. And uh, we're going to sample a few beers that have been in the news recently. And uh, once again, the show is dense with newsiness as it was. Dense. Yeah, very dense, dense with newsiness. With newsiness. Yeah, uh, big, big game. The big game coming Indeed. up this weekend, Brian. I know you're a big football fan. so Very, just huge. Who are you rooting for? You know what? I gave about three minutes worth of thought to that, yeah. and I think I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, I'm going with the Eagles. I have a few uh, a few friends that are Eagles fans, so I'm going to side with them. And I've got – actually, I've got a, our friend Ant Story. Yeah. He's a, he's a uh, Kansas City fan. So Okay little rivalry there i read somewhere i didn't take notes down about it but apparently the the people that tend to favor kansas city are on the younger side and the older older folks like i guess us, us. Are, okay. are likely to to go for for philly and i'll say that part of my thinking about the uh going with the eagles is that i could go down not far from where i live to uh iron hill Yes, Iron Hill, and get a Philly favorite IPA. Okay, and so I could drink go. something thematically in keeping with with the game. So I figured, well, that seems to be a sign. I guess I'm going that way. Is it? Is there um, certain beers that that Philly fans are known to drink, Brian? Well, yes. In fact, I I did look into that. the The Philly fans are more likely to drink Miller, Bud Light, and Yingling. In uh, going by those beers. Uh, I'm probably likely to be a Philly fan over a Kansas City fan who are more likely to drink Bud Light, Bush, and Michelob Ultra. So Bud right. Light goes both ways, but uh, Bush and Michelob Ultra for the Kansas City Chiefs, Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Miller, and Yingling. So what if you decide to go crafty? Kansas City is an easy one. I'm going to pick up some Tank 7. Oh, yeah. There so you go. I'll be set. I'll That's be a good set. point. It, had I thought about it, I would have lined up. I was... I gave some thought to this. Line up two of my favorite beers from these cities and see which one's better rated on untapped and see if that predicts who wins the game. Okay. But I haven't done By this. the beer ratings? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe we can do that after the fact, and or not after the Super Bowl, but after we get done here. Yeah. And just see what we can find out. But, uh, yeah, Kansas City, they've been an easy one. Philly, I'm not I'm not sure who I'd take. Maybe I'd just drink a Yingling. Okay, you yeah. Know, just, dude, that's classic PA there. Bowling alley yingling because bowling alley yingling may be it's, that's a impossible to beat. As they say, purple squirrel though, Brian. That's <laughs> yeah, bowling alley squirrel. yingling is a purple squirrel. But uh, I think uh, what is the what's the pits? Is it Iron City? Is that it? The the Pittsburgh brew? Oh, the the Philly favorites? No, no, no. Oh, no. Iron- I think there's one called Iron City, oh. which is known as a Pittsburgh beer, which absolutely would not be accepted. So maybe I could drink a Tank Seven and the Iron City and just make everyone bad in philly oh yeah there you go yeah that that, yeah, that would not really be my goal everyone. but i believe it would it would do the job so brian i think you also looked up 
some other fun facts about the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, three out of five Americans, 61%, intend to watch the Super Bowl this year. 75% will watch at home. 20% will attend a party at a friend's place. And 5% will go to some collective establishment like a bar or restaurant. Uh, 47% of Super Bowl viewers plan to buy beer or FMBs, fermented malt beverages. They didn't separate them out for their watch parties. And uh, only 28% will go wine and 24% will go spirits. You know, I just thought about it. Drinking spirits at a football game that lasts that long. Seems weird. You're going to get yeah. really, really messed torn, up. I don't torn. think you're going to remember the end of yeah. it, depending on how you go. Now, don't seltzers get lumped in with FMBs and, and that? Aren't they part of that? Yeah. Group? Okay. So the problem with that number is people may be getting White Claw, and that might right. be figured into that. So I don't think that's – I'm assuming people are drinking it. Maybe we're just not hearing as much about it, but I know the – the overall buzz around seltzers is not what it was a year, two ago. Yeah. I was reading an article not long ago where they were talking about predictions. I think it, oh, I think it was actually music magazine's prediction about beer. And they were saying, don't listen to anybody's predictions who says that uh, hard seltzer is going away because it's not. It's just it's hitting a, mat- a mature a level of maturity where it's always going to be around. It's always going to be in the cooler, but it won't be as big as it, as it once was. I still. I think there's probably still going to be growing, and I know there already has been some. I think it's going to lose some some of the uh, the, the the cherished uh, cooler space that it has right now. I hope that it does, and not anything against seltzer personally, but when it came out, I said this is another fad. It's wine coolers all over again. It's uh, Smirnoff Ice and those things. You know, we yeah. had Mike's Hard Lemonade had its moment in the sun, if you want to say it. And uh, and it's just too close to all of those not to follow the same course. But I had others tell me I was wrong, that there were different indicators on seltzer that said that. But I just think it's something that, uh, you know, people will drink it. I've already forgot the name. What's the what's that jug of stuff you told me about? Borg. I was going to bring that Borg. up. Borg. Yeah. People have already moved on to Borg, Brian. That's, that's right. They're borging. I was there. thinking about bringing some Borg in just because I've never done it before and I learned about it today. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. What is it? It's a blackout rage gallon, I think is what it's called. It stands for blackout rage. That's what Borg is. I believe okay. so. Blackout but rage see, gallon. So, for those listening that have not learned this term yeah. yet, because <laughs> folks will just like to throw terms out there. I think I saw one the other day called Fibble. Fibble. P H I B B L E. Not alcohol related. But fibbling is to ignore your SO in favor of looking at your phone screen. And okay. There was an article talking about people who, who deal with fibbling more often than relationships have a lower satisfaction of the relationship. And I'm like, well, one, of course they do. Yeah. If you're being, and two, don't try to make fibble a thing. It's not going to be. Don't, a thing, so. don't do it. And if you're having trouble with it, consider drinking, getting into some Borg. Do right. a little Borg. Some Borg. And, You'll both be happier. Absolutely. And everybody, the satisfaction level will go up yeah. so much. But Borg is they take a gallon jug of water, yes. <laughs> empty out a half or whatever amount of some the water. Amount of it, yeah. Refill that with vodka. Yes. And then squirt in some like Mio or liquid Kool-Aid or something to flavor it. And to give it bright colors. So. To color it and flavor it. So, I mean, it's a variation. The youth have been doing this for millennia, Brian. Correct. We called it stuff like trash can punch. Or jungle or juice or something like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah. We uh, we called it, I think Gronk was our name for it. That just our rule back in my younger days when I was dumber, Brian, crazier, uh, we would have a cooler 
that was a punch and it started out with fruit and vodka and there was stuff back in my day called purple passion that was made with everclear and usually have some of that you put ice cubes in there liquor fruit juice and fruit in there and then the rule that we had was you were free to take a cup of that but you had to add some liquor to it and it could be whatever liquor you had on you at Ooh, the time. it's a liquor solera or like a forever yeah. bottle with, with yeah. the, the so, whiskey nerds so so yeah. that's just just variations of making your own your own punch there so but uh, folks are walking around with their gallon jugs of, of Borg and yeah. uh, just chugging on it. Huh? And I think it's important that you write with a Sharpie on the outside. You give it a clever name because apparently Fair. that's Fair. that's what that is. All of this I'll is based on it. an article I saw on Vine Pair, which was based on somebody looking at a viral uh, a TikTok account. So. Okay. Okay. Speaking of TikTok, that's the real spy balloon, Tim. It is the real yeah. spy balloon. Yeah, you, you're worried about this balloon. They've it's on your phone. You're probably TikToking <laughs> yeah. about being angry about the spy balloon. That's, that's exactly right. Brian, we're running short on time. If you are the type that likes to look at what the line is, Philly is favored by one and a half points according to sports books. And uh, I am looking forward to the commercials. Brian, commercial costs over the years they've just gone up tremendously. Correct. In 1967, you could get a 30 second spot for forty two thousand five hundred dollars. In 2023, if you're getting one, that's going to set you back seven million dollars seven million dollars yes brian beers of the week before we run out of time here we've got some good stuff we're gonna do fat tire against fat tire we have the original recipe as well as the new recipe we will talk about that more from our friends at bold monk we have a beer called virtue of patience which is not something i have that is a flanders red and brian we have the hormel chili cheese brew from modest brewing and we're going to try that for better or worse you're listening to the beer guys radio show we need to take a break but we'll be right back. Have you visited Ironmonger Brewing recently? Take a trip and see the newly renovated and spacious tap room or enjoy the outdoors in their new beer garden with plenty of seating and shade to ease that summer sun. Ironmonger's Tap Room has a variety of craft beer and hard seltzer on tap with wine and spirits coming soon. Ready for a bit of adventure? Trout axe throwing with Ironmonger's 16 target range. It's a perfect spot for some quick fun or to host your next party or corporate event. So grab your friends and have some fun today at Ironmonger Brewing. Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Remember, all episodes are available on demand. So if you miss the broadcast, get the podcast. Beer Guys Radio is available on the Podcast Park and all popular and unpopular podcasting apps. Now, let's get back to the Beer News Show that we've got going on here. The Beer News Show, Fireside Chat Without a Fire. Correct. I had a sample, Brian, while we were on break. We broke out. The old and the new recipe, fat tire. Correct. So, and for those that haven't been following this, it was a big hubbub on social media. You know, big, big news on social media that New Belgium changed the recipe for fat tire. And this has kind of been a staple. Brian, I think I remember you telling stories of driving up to the Tennessee state line to get fat tire when it first came to Tennessee because it didn't make it down to Georgia. We, at the we time. absolutely did. Yeah. When that was, when it finally made it to Tennessee, living here. In Atlanta, we drove up to Chattanooga because they had it there. And it was 
Yeah, a couple hours away. So we really made yeah. a run to get fat tire. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, in its in its day, it was the craft beer. You oh know, yeah, it took over. Tire was the was the stuff. Absolutely. So it was amazing how it grew and just took over any market it went into. Yeah. And considering it, it's an amber ale, you know, right? People would talk about, hey, fat tires coming to Georgia. You know, that was big news at the time. And uh, yeah, it was it was a flagship. It was a, an iconic beer at the time, and people sought it out and everything. But as craft beer does, it's been many years since that was a lot of. Taste have changed, styles have changed, things have gone on, and it obviously kind of fell out of favor with a lot of people, was not having the sales volume that it did before. So Fat Tire went back and reformulated it. And uh, if you look at the old bottle, it does say Fat Tire Amber Ale, where the new brand, just says Fat Tire Ale. Yes. And uh, people very opinionated on social media. Oh, yeah. Over yeah. this, you know, that this is uh tragic you know you can't change a recipe and call it the same beer you can't do this you can't do that brian i was initially upset over this initially understandably that was nostalgia talking you know because i go back and think i can't remember the last time i bought a fat tire so it's unfair of me to to dog on this if and it's not like it was my staple beer and i'm upset because they're taking away my staple there you know I remembered I had nostalgia. I had much love for Fat Tire back in the day, but it wasn't going to affect my daily drinking habits. They changed the beer. So New Belgium's a big company. They know what they're doing. They're getting it together. Hopefully they know what they're doing. I guess time will tell on this. Uh, but they changed, the, they changed the recipe, not just a little tweak or anything, but they changed the recipe. We've sampled them both, the old yes. and the new, next to each other. We still have both here. We're assuming the old recipe has... A little bit of age on it, but you mentioned you got it at a store that's known to turn their beer over pretty quick. So it's probably not an ancient. Pretty quick. Yeah. It's a pretty this. new store, too. So like yeah. the, the stock couldn't be that old. Gotcha. So, Brian, tell me, what are your thoughts on old versus new fat tire? When I, again, when I have them both cold directly out of the can, I'm, I'm surprised at how similar they are, despite the fact that they are visually very different. But, uh, there's a, a taste similarity despite the uh, the visual difference. I I think I I kind of favor the the bit more maltiness of the uh, the the OG as it warms up, and I think that I prefer the new one cold. Like I as it warms up, I think a new one really drops off for me. Uh, okay, typically, but I'm drinking it here, and I'm like I, I'd get this again. I'd, I'd get the new one again. It's it's a pretty solid beer, and. The size of the can means it's a, a candidate for ready. Long Beer Friday. It's ready for Long Beer yeah, Friday, long beer right? Friday. Yeah. You know, and one of the other things that uh, we didn't really talk much about, but one part of the big push of the the uh, the new one is the low impact and the carbon neutrality of the beer itself. It's all over the can. So I think that uh, – I don't know if that's a, a difference between the beers, but they are, they are definitely pushing that Promoting as part of the branding. Okay. So gotcha. alternately powered. So I think a lot of the – I think almost all the power that – goes into making this is is solar i think that's right okay. a renewable of some someone i'll buy it yeah, yeah anyway that's another little tidbit that we hadn't really brought up when we talked about it before but okay. something that they they are very proud of gotcha yeah. well brian um i'm with you there's differences but you can tell these guys are part of the on the same family tree here you can definitely tell that uh the original version to me there's more malt toasty malt especially i get more of a toast note in there a little bit more malt sweetness um body's not the word i'm looking for more character 
Uh, more complex, maybe. I don't know uh, exactly. In the old one, there's in the old more, one. There's more yeah. into it there. The newer one is a little lighter, a little crisper. There is still some maltiness there and definitely looks to be an it or it's from the fat tire family tree. I can tell that for sure. So uh, I'm not upset with it. I don't think this is going to be a beer, Brian, that I'm going to start stocking my fridge with, uh, being with the recipe change. But uh, I'm interested to see where this goes. Yeah, I'm curious. I think this is a. Uh, I think this was a very smart play. I, I personally do not care for the. There's a dishonesty in calling it fat tire. It's a different beer. It's taste wise, it's not as di- different as I think people would expect it to be. It's still a different beer. Um, and uh, if this doesn't work out, you know, if for some reason this is a complete dud, they've, got, they've generated a lot of interest in it. A lot of people are going to try it. If it doesn't work out, they can go back to the original very easily. And people will be excited about having the original back. That will generate a bunch more interest again. And there's nothing saying they can't reintroduce this as a seasonal or a special release. The original, like OG Fat Tire, like the Fattest Tire or something like that. Fat Tire Classic. Yeah, or Fat Tire Classic and and bring it back on a seasonal basis because they realize people really want it. So it's this is there there's no real loss here for them i think unless their their sales absolutely tank and i just don't see that happening right and you know sometimes people get nostalgic don't translate to sales for oh, a true. Brewery yeah. or what have you uh sweetwater exodus porter like right after oh, they yeah. won a gabf medal sweetwater canceled the brew they discontinued it that's and, right. and the bottom line is, is even if you're a metal winning beer, if people aren't buying you, it doesn't matter to a brewery. You know, that's a a brewery's a business, you know, especially Correct. when you get the size of Sweetwater, which, of course, back when this happened, they were a lot smaller. But but still, you know, you have to make the decision. Yeah, man, we know we've got an award winning beer here. We know this is a metal winning beer. We love it, but people aren't buying it. So there's no point in spending the time to make it, and put it out into the market. The interesting thing is people buy things for other reasons then it's just good. You know, sure. a lot of other reasons. Uh, people might buy this purely because of like the the low impact and carbon neutral stuff on there. They might say, hey, that's a cause I believe in. I'm going to buy this beer. They might not even think the beer is better than something else they would get that just believe in the cause. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. Like, I am thinking about decisions and buying beer or the how just how good the can looks. It's a good looking can. I'm curious though, what, like how much that would impact anything. Yeah, there's people. How many people actually act on the fact that they care about something being carbon neutral or whatever? Good question. I, it's easy to tweet about it. Yeah. You know, it's easy true. to put it on your TikTok. So China knows how you feel. That's right. <laughs> but the Run action up that is balloon a and let them know. Story. That's right. Send you a <laughs> balloon up there. But uh, Brian, overall, I like the, I like the new fat tire. I don't see me stocking my fridge with it. Uh, I would have it, you know, out there. There's several brews now that I enjoy, but it's just taste have changed. And, and you know, what I want is a little different, but uh, enjoyable beer. I kind of thought you wouldn't like it. I no, don't know why I, do I thought that. Like it. Okay. I'm, I'd, uh, I feel in a way vindicated. I'm like, I like this, but for some reason I've got the sneaking suspicion that once Tim finally has it, he's going to say, oh, this is terrible. This is yeah. a bad decision. Nope. No, that's okay. not true. That's not true. But Brian, New Belgium is not the only company playing with recipes. That is correct. Not long after this came out, Sam Adams announced that they are remastering the classic Boston lager. Uh, they claim that the recipe isn't changing exactly, but they are remastering it. So that means that they're adding a traditional German practice of 
quote, biological acidification. And the result of that is going to be a brighter, easier drinking beer. So biological acidification is a natural process of adding lactic acid to beer instead of using straight lactic acid to lower the beer's pH. So they're coming up with a different way of doing it. Uh, They also work with farmers to, quote, refine their hops. And uh, it's only available in New York now, but there's going to be an ad in the big game about it. And I think it's going to be available wider soon. So people will get to try it. We'll have to check it out, Brian. See what it's all about. You're listening to the Beer Guys radio show. We're going to take a break and we will be right back. Have you been to the Nest Kennesaw yet? Hi, I'm Adam, owner of the Nest in historic downtown Kennesaw. And I want to personally invite you to visit us. With the best damn barbecue in town, 48 taps of always rotating craft beers, a dog-friendly patio, all in two conjoined historical homes, we know there's something for you at the Nest Kennesaw. Find us at thenestkennesaw.com to start drooling over that menu, or go ahead and grab your friends, your family, or just yourself and come on in for a pint. The Nest Kennesaw, can't wait to have you at our table. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show i'm gonna give a quick shout out to one of our great radio affiliates wmxi 98.1 fm in hattiesburg mississippi catch beer guys radio on wmxi every saturday at 9 p.m now let's get back to this interesting show of tasting interesting beers and talking about news brian we have got a winner here. Have we got a winner? Okay. Either way, a real chicken this dinner is going to be a winner here. Uh, this one, it uh, we made it people angry on Twitter <laughs> talking about this that uh, we weren't serious about beer. I mean, people legitimately got angry that we were trying this beer. To be fair, at least one of the people that got angry is always angry about that's beer. that's fair. But yeah. um, we have from Modest Brewing a collaboration with Hormel Chili Cheese Brew. Chili cheese brew. Chili cheese brew. And Fritos. And fr- we do have because we figured that was a proper pairing. Brian, I asked you to wait. We normally taste our beers during break because yeah. usually tasting a beer on air is actually kind of boring, sitting around just, you know, sniffing and silencing that. But we're going to try and keep this moving. But I asked you not to pour yours till we okay. got on because I want you to get the whole experience here. So, Brian, go ahead, pour your beer. All right. And get you a nice big whiff. So from modest on this beer, uh, they did say that this has a mix of savory spices and hints of cheddar cheese powder. Now, Brian, I see the the wonderment, the the passion on your face. What do you smell in your glass? Of Man, beer it there? smells like a bowl of chili. It does. It does smell like I a smelled bowl it. I'm like, chili. oh, oh, it's like opening yeah. up a, a can of chili right before I throw right. it in the microwave. Yeah. So the the base of this has Minnesota barley with uh, flaked corn that they said should give it a corn chip base with the spices, chili spices, and cheddar cheese powder. Brian, go ahead and get you a sip there and let me know All right, let's see. what you think about this. So this beer, uh, thanks to some some interesting developments, we can get beer shipped from more breweries uh, to us here in Georgia now. And this is one we were able to buy online and get sent to us. As soon as it released, I got a tw- I got a four pack, and I let you know about it. And Brian, for some God knows why reason, you also ordered more of these because you know what? I wanted to try it for the craziness. 
but I can't see thinking I need more than one of those. Yeah. I, I, it was because I could, I saw it was available. I'm like, Oh, it's still available. I'm surprised. It kind of is a valid okay. reason. All right. So you taking a sip there, Brian, what is in your glass? It's, I, I, I get kind of, uh, and I'm not used to tasting this in, uh, in beer, but like the, the fatty oiliness of a, of a, of a chip, of a corn chip. I'm like, I get corn chip, but I get fatty. I also get spices. I, I get a little bit of the lingering, like chili kind of oh, burn, you know, there's okay. a little uh, of the spices in there. It's a, uh, I, I, do you lingering get the cheese, chili, Brian. Do you get I, the cheese? I'm thinking that might be the fatty flavor, the kind of fattiness I'm getting. Okay, and I don't. I can't imagine they actually put anything that contained fat because it does have a bit of not a lot of head, but it's got some lacing. Yeah. So yeah, so, I would imagine it wouldn't have any at all if it had any real fats in there. Right. Yeah, it's probably defatted cheddar cheese powder, or something along those lines. Probably equivalent to what we get in our Kraft mac and cheese, Brian. Vegetal. It, it's uh. It, corn chips plus maybe jalapeno or something like that. Something like a veg vegetable thing type of. Uh, okay. I can't. So. Oh my God. It's tomato. I get a little tomato in there tomato? and a little okay. bit of uh, possibly a pepper. Okay. I mean, but yeah. Gotcha. So I kind of get elements of chili. Do you enjoy it? I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> so I, I took a few sips of it. Um, I, I winced, Brian, when I took a sip. Uh, it tastes like chili. If you've ever had Hormel canned chili, this definitely replicates Hormel canned chili. And I've had a lot of it. I absolutely positively, under no circumstances, <laughs> want my beer to taste like this. <laughs> this was extremely ridiculous. Oh, yes. But this, and you know what? Modest. Cool folks. We had them on the show yeah, recently. Yeah. Had a really good show with them. Modest nailed what they were going for, and that's what this is about. Because, Brian, you know what? You can be serious and know good beers and love really good beers and still have fun with something ridiculous. That's what this is. Made me wince, gagged a little bit. <laughs> Didn't they? Weren't they the ones that did that were fully embracing the concept of the pastry lager or something yeah, like that? Uh, yeah, they're, so. they're not shy when it comes to off the wall yeah. beers. So, you know what? They, they nailed this, Brian. This is a, this is a chili flavored beer. It, you, I get a little of the lager base there, the little lager base, and then I'm just absolutely pummeled into regret with chili. Were you wh – which? what did you enjoy more, the the uh, yellow number five or the yellow number six? I'm a included? number six guy. Are first. you a number six guy? I'm a number okay. six guy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So there we go, man. We did it. We did uh, we it. We tried it. this. Uh, if you're curious if they delivered – Chili flavored beer, yes, they, they absolutely. Uh, you know what? I'm it. not sure I get the cheese there, man. I'm missing the cheese on that. So let me know. taste it again. I I don't think I think that they're kind of a a fatty quality to it is all I got that, that would lead me to believe cheese, but I don't think it says cheese exactly. <laughs> this is not good. This beer is not good. You're you saying you don't know you you. It's just not a tasty. I kind of think I like it. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. I want to. I want to point out because I did. I did. Uh, it does deliver on the promise. That was one it of does. my questions. Yes. So it, it it is there. I don't know about the cheese part, but definitely the chili part. Uh, some 
The untapped rating right now is 3.48, so it's better than you might expect. I know beers that are legitimately trying to be just beers that have lower scores than that. So Yeah, and uh, I got some fun fun uh, quotes from untapped because yeah, I right. went digging. Smells like a dive bar, tastes like a cookout. Imagine eating chili while sipping on a bush light. So fair, And that was from fair. a 3.75 rating. Okay, all right. There's also, holy hell, this is bad. All right. Tastes like it smells delicious with four caps. Yuck, 1.5. Yep. Weirdest beer I've ever tasted, but they absolutely nailed what they were going for. No rating. And I I know that feeling because I've done that. And also, boy, this is weird. Tastes exactly as advertised. You know what? Sometimes people complain about untapped ratings not being accurate or like someone drinking an IPA and saying, I hate hops. These are accurate, man. These are these are on point. These are very fair. The ones that say this is weird, but it, they really nailed what they're going for and didn't Bingo. rate it because yeah. it's not you can't rate something right. like that. It's that's fair. That's I, fair. Honestly, yeah. Untapped gets a lot of bad rap. I think people do the best they can, and I think overall, Untapped is fairly accurate. Like you may not <sighs> like what it says about beers, I, but it's fairly accurate. Most brewers dislike it. Oh, I know and, that, but they dislike it for the handful of people. That are just totally off kilter oh, with yeah. things. But especially if a beer has a lot of reviews on there, it averages out, man. Because you're going to have the fanboy that five stars a three-star beer. Sure. You're going to have the IPA hater that one stars your stellar IPA. But over the course of everything, if you have a significant number of ratings, it averages, it averages out. So. Yeah, I, I think the yeah, the the one star definitely gets balanced out by the people who love everything. And uh, yeah, I think... Unt- the the problem with untapped on some beers is just it just doesn't have enough people rating it. So once you get a certain point, it makes sense. Yeah, there are terrible users on there, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's still a quality. Th- it's still useful for my purposes as a guy who likes to drink beer, and I want to see what I thought about a beer. And I'm curious, like, am I walking into something that's just horrible? Yeah. Because Untap will let you know if something's just straight they up will. awful. Yep. It really if you will. go in and you see a beer is three stars or lower, you're probably safe to pass on that. There's there's not a great chance you're gonna you're gonna decide that's stellar. Now I've seen some that I think deserved higher ratings, me yeah. personally, for what I liked and what Untap gave them. Uh, but still, you know, fair it there. Whatever. You know, the one thing I'm disappointed about this is did not re- reenact the uh, the excitement I had of having my first chili beer at the Oregon Brewers Festival back in, I, th- I want to say 1998. It was a chili beer. I'd never had anything like it at that point in time. And in that case... Now you're talking about a chili pepper beer, not yeah. a chili, bowl of chili beer. Correct, but that one had the presence... I swear it had the presence of it like a cheese dip. Like I, I felt okay. like I was drinking a ch- like a ha- jalapeno cheese dip when I drank it, and I loved it. Now, this is going back... You did? 19... 19- Yes, I did. And it had some heat to it, too. I I really liked it. I always wanted to find it again. It was some brewery out of uh, California that I don't know exists anymore. But, okay. Uh, yeah. I was well, hoping this would be the same. It's well, not. this was fun to try. It was interesting. They nailed what they're going for. I don't want to drink it again. <laughs> You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're going to take us a break. We'll be right back. Brian and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. 
Tim, why do they call it truck and tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram now back to the beer guys radio show Shake it, back. welcome back to the beer guys radio show if you enjoy the show please consider supporting us on patreon just go to patreon.com slash beer guys patrons get cool perks like beer guys swag and commercial free episodes now let's get back to the show wow wow did you just sing us in there brian i kind of did that's yeah. great that's great uh brian big story local we're going to show a little local love here on what we're talking about in Georgia. Yes. Uh, Creature Comforts Brewing. Some of the employees from Creature Comforts got together and they formed the Brewing Union of Georgia, a bug. And they've Indeed. embraced that. They've embraced that. They're using bug out there. And uh, they said that they, when they formed, they made an announcement. They said that they wanted to spread the principles of Creature Comforts that a creature had, you know, employee relations, uh, just m- many principles that they wanted to spread there. They were hopeful that Creature would acknowledge the union out of the gate and be good with them, but that was not the case. And uh, Creature Comforts did retain a law firm that is known to uh, to fight these kind of things, to to defend these kind of things. And then Bug did make some allegations of unfair labor practices there. Yeah. Uh, and they they printed that, so it's not going well here. This is the first brewing union, brewers union in Georgia, the first uh, Georgia union for craft brewers. I'm going to be honest, Brian, this one surprised me because out of all the breweries in Georgia that would have someone form a union, I would not have expected it to be Creature Comforts, you know, just based on what I know of the company, uh, what I've heard from past employees and things. But there's some things here. There's some things that the the bug organizers are saying is not fair. And there's a lot of news on this. We're just scraping over the surface. And with anything like this, there's a lot of nuances to it. And there's most definitely two sides to the story of what's going on and what's happening with things. Uh, but they want uh, better wages. You know, they're, they're fighting for better wages there. And uh, I'm curious to see how this develops uh, going through there. I am as well. And I know that they, they've actually filed their complaints with the national labor relations board, which I had to look into because I don't know much about unions, but they have the authority to enforce some sort of a, like decide a matter and make some sort of an enforcement that the, the, the businesses have to adhere to. So it's, it's a serious matter, but uh, uh, creature conferences management saying, Hey, you know, all of these, your, your claims of things that you're complaining about, they're, they're baseless. And uh, we don't, they basically, we don't think you know what you're talking about and they think it's going to be dismissed. So uh, from what I see that there's a schedule, a schedule uh, hearing for February 6th, are we past that already? You know what? We might be past that already. Got to update your info. Brian. I do. Yeah. It's it's older okay. information. So there was there was a hearing. I don't know. I know there was debate at the time because they were having the that that uh, law firm that you were talking about that's quote unquote known for union busting. Basically, uh, they were working on the timing to get that involved. I think if it went forward on the sixth, it may not have gone well for Creature Comforts because the law firm wasn't available. But if it went forward on the eighth, which is what they think they were trying to make happen or at some later point in time, it may have gone better for them. So that's the and interesting part. For what it's worth, as we're doing this show, I have not seen updated information on the either. outcome of that was. So we'll just have to follow it. But, you know, and in a flip side of the coin, Brian, of me saying I was surprised that Creature Comforts would be the brewery that would have someone form a union. I also think that of all the breweries in Georgia, 
Creature Conference would be the brewery to attract people who would be likely to unionize. So kind, a of, point. kind yeah. of a two-sided, uh, two-sided coin there, double-edged sword, whatever. You I always thought it. it was interesting that the union was formed. It was meant to be for all breweries to form together in a union, not in just an internal Creature Conference brewery union. The idea was to spread the ideas, the philosophies right. of Creature Conference itself to other breweries. I could see other breweries saying, hold up. We, I don't know if we want that. That's not our culture. Yeah, like, we have nothing against you guys, but we don't need your missionaries coming into our, our fold, yeah. basically. There's been a little yeah. conflicting info or some things that didn't make sense. So, you know, I'm not uh, making much commentary on it now because it is a fairly young story in developing. Yeah. Uh, but there are people that are fighting for uh, for better treatment to get unionized. They've said there's been accusations that, that Creature has uh, threatened employees with termination uh, and other other items there. And again, Creature did 100% deny that any of the for the results of that hearing. Definitely, I think a lot of people will because yeah. There's a lot of people on social media, for even from out of state, that are very interested very in how this goes. This. Very interested in this, yeah. And, Brian, I just want to give a quick shout-out to the beer we're drinking right now, the Bold Mark Virtue of Patience, which is a Flanders Red L, and it is stellar. And it's got a nice Quite sourness good. to it, you know, the fruity pop there, but that is good stuff. And, Brian, nice not work, only— Nice work, Bold Monk. Nice work, Bold Monk. Not only do we like drinking beer, but all across the United States, Brian. Yes. People like to drink beer. They really do. They really do. So— Based on the latest published information from uh, the organization makes gives me pause sometimes, but the, the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism. Uh, so that's where it's coming oh, okay. from. It's actually these numbers are from 2020. It's their latest figures based on their crunched statistics. 7.9 billion gallons were consumed in 2020. Uh, that's a million increase, million gallon increase uh, from the previous years. The pandemic was, in fact, of course, likely a yeah. factor. 6.4 billion gallons were beer and in distant, uh, in a distant placing second, uh, 931 million were wine, 635 million were spirits. Now spirits will get you a lot farther. So you don't need nearly as much, but that's considerably less by region per capita. The West coast is the king with 2.56, uh, gallons per person, basically per capita. The Midwest came in second with 2.49 gallons, Northwest 2.4. Four eight northeast. gallons. Oh, sorry, northeast. Yeah, okay. Two point four eight gallons, and the south. Apparently, we're teetotalers down here. Two point three four gallons. The, so that Bible Belt is tightened up. No room for uh, no room for beer through. Now, that. the interesting thing is is the overall amount consumed. That the south is one of the highest ones, but I think that's in part because of total volume. Florida ranks up there pretty high. It's number three in the list of total volume. California has the most by total volume, eighty five point seven million gallons. Texas, 36.9 million. And Florida, like I said, 50.4 million. Uh, Georgia, 16.7 million. We're way, way behind. You know, on the region per capita there, it's interesting that it's fairly equal across yeah. the board. You know, just slight variance there. It's little, not too far off. Yeah. Even a little dip for the southern teetotalers is not a huge dip. Yeah, it really isn't. It really isn't that much of a difference. So finally, by state per capita gallons, the number one state. Did you guess this? Would you have guessed this, Tim? I'm looking at your list. I wouldn't have guessed any of those. New Hampshire, 4.83 right. gallons per person is the average. There was an asterisk in this in that I think that they're measuring this based upon sales, which means okay, New Hampshire sense, is not a huge state, and a lot of people drive into it to pick up beer and take it out. Okay. So neighboring states may be drunker than they appear. That, that's <laughs> that should be in the rearview mirror or something like that, the little label. In the that's mirror. how you could do it. If you border New Hampshire, you're like – <laughs> 
to make your state look better, just drive over there to buy all your liquor. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, yeah, exactly. don't buy it here. It'll make us yeah. look bad. Yeah. So the number two spot is Delaware with 4.01 gallons per capita. Washington, D.C. is in third place. And I think okay. they're big wine drinkers there, but 3.79. And if you were to look for our humble state of Georgia, we're number 48 in the list. We're, wow. We are way down there with 1.91 gallons per capita, which is crazy. One of that has got to be us. Oh, probably. Yeah. yeah I imagine. Yeah, so I'm surprised at that list. Definitely by state per capita, I would put California in there for sure. Yeah. Probably Oregon or Washington. You'd think, uh, right? New York would have been places that I, I thought that would have been. I brought high. my drinking habits from Oregon. So yeah, all the see? all the drunkenness I bring is 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 credit to Oregon. Do you recall was since they've got DC in here, was Utah fifty one? Yeah, Utah, I think per capita because of the restrictive laws was in fact yeah. 50 or 51. Okay. You know, 51, do we, are we counting Puerto Rico in that? I don't know. No, well, DC is in here. Oh, yeah, DC. So I guess DC it would be 50. Here, yeah, so you're correct. 51, but. Yeah, they're, they're at the, because they've got the whole Zion uh, curtains and they've got the yeah. restrictions on the, and Mormonism do, and just Mormonism yeah, in and of itself. I think so. they do ABW instead of ABV and they other do. weird things yeah, like that. You're yeah, right. So, but you know, talking about the by state total volume, you know, California's got huge wine tourism. I mean, people going up there and a lot of people will buy cases when they go. And well, and it's there. just the size of the state too. the population yeah. of California, Texas and Florida and New York. Interesting that New York is is below Florida in terms of the volume of alcohol uh, consumed total. But it's just it's population. Florida is probably just Florida man pounding keystones. Yeah, that's, that's probably what most of that <laughs> is there. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So well, it's fun, it's man. interesting to look at these that come out every year. And uh, I, I find it fun. Uh, I think it's interesting. I would have expected the South to be a little bit more drunk than it is. We really aren't. So when you said that, I mean, there really are a lot of people that are Bible thumpers here. You sure. Know, it yeah. is a very talk stations across the country this is true we're not talking (laughs) we're not talking bad about uh you know bad about no shade from that in that but there are a lot of people that that do still follow conservative christian values and brian we're in the atlanta metro which is really hard to say is the south or it's a fair point so you get outside of that it becomes a lot more you can get you know an hour outside of atlanta and you're in the south again and many more people that are god-fearing christians that aren't going to let a touch of liquor Touch the that's, a, that's a fair point. And, you know, it could be on me. I do do NA Sundays, non-alcoholic Sundays. That, see? I think that if I would get yeah. back to drinking beer on, on Sunday like a red-blooded American, maybe part, our man. numbers would go back up again. Got to do your part. Well, Brian, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show. Y'all, we thank you so much for tuning in here. For more craft beer info throughout the week, follow us online. We are Beer Guys Radio on Facebook. Twitter, and Instagram. Come back and join us next week, y'all. We appreciate it very much. Have a good week. Cheers. Cheers.